Well, you know, they say prison preserves. You know what yeah, I mean? I like, have heard that. You just kind of s- stop. You're not, you don't have the stresses of being encumbered by bills and what if I get hit by a car today? You know, like, nope, you're not going to get hit by a car. You know, like. Well, you might get shanked, though. I mean, I mean I maybe. Like- Hi, this is Justin. And this is Laura. And it's count time, your four o'clock stand-up count. Listeners, this is part two of our Prison Barbershop episode. Just a heads up that we'll be taking a short break. Yep. To keep you up to date on episode releases, check out our website at counttimepod.com, Facebook, or just click subscribe on whatever platform you listen to. Yeah. Okay, so my grandpa was talking about the 70s. He explained that it was really difficult when some of the riots were happening in the 70s. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Police would take some of the rioters, both the white and the black, but the white ones they were really difficult on because uh, they had like long hair that was their mm-hmm. identifying mark. Sure. Right, when they had long, shaggy hair. damn hippie. Exactly. Yeah. You're right, exactly. So they were, um, I mean, of course, they're much harder on... African Americans and they were white people, but for the white people they were really hard on, mm-hmm. it was the ones with long hair. So what they would do is they would shaving their head. Yeah. But that involved more than just like clipping their hair down. Right. Like ripping, yeah. you know, but holding was, them down. It and, was really, really bad. Yeah. They were traumatizing. Exactly. Yeah. But it was causing permanent damage, like because of how uh, violently they were attacking these people's heads for their hair. So anyway, it was a really big issue. Nebraska as a state statewide said okay we're not requiring haircuts within a certain length anymore that's crazy that they were quick to adopt it i don't know surprised quick i don't know what the time frame sure well nothing's quick in prison so yeah i don't know what that (laughs) i'm sure it looked like time wise at some point when my grandpa was cutting people's hair yeah (laughs) they were like hey by the way we we can't do this anymore (laughs) i wonder how the barbers felt about that i don't know but he said for him they're all probably old school you know like they've been through it and they they probably all got around together we're like oh i can't believe they're letting these kids you know (laughs) yeah i wouldn't be surprised the hippies yeah taking over well and and if you think about it a lot of the barbers at that point they'd worked their way up to that oh yeah you know, so yeah, that's a position they're not giving up without death. No, death or getting out—that's the only way. <laughs> that's what I've heard. But, but um, that was one thing he talked about. He said like he would cut hair, and it was just different. Like now, men wanted styles, yeah. whereas before, like right, you got this. It yeah. was that was it. There was nothing else. Wow. And, yeah. Um, so they couldn't do anything like in the '60s. They could not take suggestions because if no. if a person is walking around with a unique haircut they're getting in trouble for Mm -hmm. it you know so okay that's really cool to hear about yeah it's it's not cool that they were getting in trouble i mean yeah right obviously it was a different time yeah it's a little window Mm -hmm. insight but i but yeah he said in the 70s things changed and he's like i could never get afros i couldn't do it (laughs) i couldn't do it so i've witnessed many an afro (laughs) being uh being styled in prison and it is, there is an art form to it. I oh, mean, yeah. I bet. It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting, actually. All my barbers, with the exception of my one at the very end of my bid, they were all black. Yeah. And the reason that I preferred to have a black barber is they just did such an intricate job with lining up my facial hair with my head hair. 
and it just I loved the way it looked on them. It never looked like that on me. Like it never did. But they pretended to do it for me and I was happy. So That's really funny you say that. My grandpa talked about that. Yeah. But yeah, just line me up. It's like line you up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well yeah. My grandpa, it's so funny. He I just want to belong. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. He so he grows his beard out, but he's bald. Right. So, so he's got he's bald with a beard. Bald with a beard. It's an established beard. Oh, he's this, probably very proud of it. He talked about when it was the late 80s. He grew it out for like five years straight. But yeah, he talked about how proud he was of it. I can't anyway, that. that's just a blip in his life. It like, is. It just, it, yeah, it's pretty it's amazing. Just, just take in- a pause for a second and wrap your mind around. I, I have to with that man. Like, I respect him. Like, that is crazy. My but what opinion, are you going to do? I yeah. mean, he doesn't have a choice. Yeah, and and for him it was for a cause, like, and that's something we can get into another time. But like, yeah, wow. it, but it is interesting to think about. Is he happy? Generally, a happy person? Like, my grandfather is now. I mean, yeah. at one point he was not. I mean, he overdosed. I mean, he he almost oh, died. He's, he's I mean, like, yeah, he's had prison. some. He's had some trouble. Um, but he's he's a he's a beautiful man. Yeah, yeah. His soul is just so amazing. But yeah, I think about ours out in society and it, all the evolution they've gone through, and then I think it has to be compounded mm. by being in prison. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I bet that's a really amazing well. You know, they say prison preserves. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I have heard that. You just kind of s- stop. You're not. You don't have the stresses of being encumbered by bills and. What if I get hit by a car today? You know, like, nope, you're not going to get hit by a car. You know, like. Well, you might get shanked, though. I mean, I mean I maybe. Like- <laughs> but most of the time, if you get shanked in prison, you deserve it. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not just randomly shanking innocent bystanders. Oh, like, really? people people who get stabbed generally either have got it coming or they've committed a horrible atrocity on the outside that is even too much for your average convict to stomach. <laughs> you, there is that stress, yes. But your average person, I go to prison, I'm going to be fine. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to... I mean, I'm not going to be happy I'm there, you know, but I don't have a rival gang. I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Now, if I clicked up when I got to prison, yeah. Yeah, then I'm going to have to worry because then I've aligned myself with a group of people who are, you know, at odds with another group of people. So, and I'm required to do whatever they do. So if one person messes it up, everybody's got to go. Do those, do those clicks have certain haircuts that distinguish them? They sure do. What? <laughs> Is this, so my grandfather complains about yeah. uh, men with the, the, the shapes cut into their hair. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised they allow it. A lot of times it's not allowed. I believe, yeah, I totally believe that. I I don't know that OCC, it's, well, obviously because I'm talking to my grandfather. It's not monitored so closely. Like, I don't really care that much. But it's a complaint to him because he talks about the maintenance involved, having cut hair. So they're coming back every couple days to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he says. Like, it's just, it's, and he doesn't cut hair anymore. I mean, he's old, you know, he he can't. He's retired. uh, He's retired, yeah. uh, and he deserves to be retired. Of course, <laughs> that poor man. But um, yeah. So that makes me curious. Like, how do you distinguish? Well, I mean, so if you're white and you're in a gang, most likely you're bald. You know, oh. like, so you know what I mean. Like, 
Okay, to my limited knowledge of the gang world, which I don't know hardly anything about, I can name any, but they're gangs. Like, they're all kind of clubs, organizations, whatever. So, when you're in prison, if you're on the outside, you're involved in something like that. You're going to also be involved on the inside, for sure. Like, when you get there, they're going to ask you what your affiliation is. And you better tell them accurately, you know, because they're not going to put you in a, you know, unit with all rival gang members and you're the only one, you know, like they're going to, they can't do that. Like they have to keep the peace. And so they're going to put you with your people. And they also want to know, you know, for their own security, where you are and what you're doing. That's why they don't sell anything red or blue in prison. Like nothing. Yeah, I believe it. Like if, if for some reason a, a blue tennis shoe makes its way in, it will quickly be taken away. Even at the camp I was at, we got counterfeit shoes in a lot. You know, not counterfeit, but real shoes from real shoe stores. Like we got, mm-hmm. we got in. So they're unique. They only sell three different kinds of, you know, Nikes at prison for any given amount of time. So if you have something different, you know, it's going to stand out. I had these pair of Air Force Ones and they were amazing, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but one time I went on a visit with them and the guard that was doing the visits, Looked out and was like, hey, nice Air Force Ones. He knew that they do not sell these in the prison. You know what I mean? No. But he let me get away with it. You know, most of them are going to be cool like that. But anyway, you're allowed to pretty much get anything. I had the line in my hair, too. We don't have a lot. We don't have a lot yeah. to, to do. You know, like there's very little things you can do that might just be like, oh, that looks cool for a minute. And then it's gone. You know, like. So obviously a good haircut is important to you. Have you ever had a bad experience? Absolutely. Um, so the first federal prison I was at was Forest City, Arkansas, and it is hot in Forest City, like (laughs) Southern Arkansas. The weather, it's just, it's great because there's no winter really. Like, I mean, December, you can still be on the, on the track with your shirt off, you know, and it feels good. Maybe January, February, you might get some freezing rain, but you know, that's the extent of it. And if there's freezing rain, they're shutting everything down, you know, like, I mean, it's that dramatic, but in the summers, we're talking like a hundred degrees, blazing sun. Like I'm I'm setting this up here, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Mm -hmm. the humidity is, is very high. There's also a lot of mosquitoes in the <laughs> piss creek, which we used to call it, which is because everybody would just piss outside. You know what I mean? Like in the, in the trench, which became piss creek. <laughs> and uh, anyway. So is that the crawdad story? Yes. Yes. Which we'll refer to so he, at a later date. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll touch base. We'll, we'll go back to that. <laughs> yeah. Remember yeah. this for when we talk about the crawdad story. <laughs> but anyway, so when I first got there, and I don't know if everybody's like this, probably not, probably just me. I look to see who has really good haircut. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to ask that person, hey, who do you go to? You know, to get your, mm. you know, your haircut or whatever. It's not, a, I don't think it's an outlandish question to ask no, people. I don't think you know, so. like, I mean, just as I, if I was out on the street, like, and I saw a dude had a really good haircut, I'd ask him where he went and I would go to that person. That's what the haircut <laughs> or barber world is, is it's a series of referrals, you know? So, anyway, this guy did a great job. Cut my hair every week. The, his cost was eight stamps. Oh, it's a little steep. Yeah, but, uh, a lot of <laughs> actually, yeah, at, in Yankton, it was four mackerel. So that's $4. Yeah. Yep. And here at uh, in Arkansas, it was eight stamps, fifty cents a piece. It's four dollars. Mm. Yeah. So your average pr- prison haircut is four dollars. This guy, I usually just give him a full book because he was really, really good. Oh man. Uh, so that's ten stamps. Yeah. Well, that's no, so a that's lot. a half a book because twenty stamps is a full book. Yeah, that's ten. Yeah, but good. you know, in when it comes down to it, though, you know, 
it's a pretty cheap thing to have done. Like if you're on the street and you're paying $20 for a haircut or $30 with the tip, you know, for a haircut, I'm always going to give at least like $10. Like that's just the appropriate thing to do in my opinion. But yeah, anyway, yeah. this guy got redesignated to a camp. So his custody level went down all of a sudden. The only guy that I've gotten my haircut by for, I think it was like a solid year was leaving. And then one day woke up and he's gone. Because that's what happened. You leave at like four in the morning. So everybody's asleep when you leave. All of a sudden, everybody wakes up and you're gone. And then you're forgotten. Literally, like you just move on. That happens all the time. So he was gone and I had to figure it out. I'm asking people. And obviously, like I I said, I like the style that black barbers do, you know, in the barbershop. So Mm -hmm. I... I asked my buddy like who he went to. And so he referred me. So I go over there. I make an appointment with him. And then I hated going to the barbershop. To be clear, this guy did my hair with his own clippers, his own beard trimmers in the bathroom of the prison. Well, which is a huge bathroom. I mean, but technically they're not allowed to cut your hair in the bathroom, but everybody does it anyway. So I literally was used to getting my hair cut whenever I, you know, at once a week by this guy and he would just do it when he was doing everybody's hair in the unit because everybody really got his hair their haircut by him because he was so good and it was better than going to the barbershop it was great well I now had to go to the barbershop so I had to go over there I had to make sure I had stamps with me and then I had to sit and wait and I had to wait and wait and wait because if you remember correctly Mm -hmm. you can't just come and go as you please you can only go when there's an inbound or outbound move right outbound move i'm heading to the barbershop now i'm in the barbershop the move is over and now i'm trapped in the barbershop so i have to sit and wait for x amount of people to get their hair cut because there's four people waiting for each barber on a saturday time slots are all booked you know like it's not like you get to sign up for an appointment like you just got to go and wait so i'm waiting and i'm waiting and i'm waiting the guy all, all of a sudden becomes free. I mean, I looked at him and I was like, I really don't know if this guy is going to know. <laughs> really, the 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 right way is to zig and zag on my, you know, with these <laughs> clippers. Like, So he starts in and I have this cowlick right here on the right side of my head. And it, it's natural like that. That's just the way my hair goes. It's kind of a, a swoosh, you know, back. <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy went this way <gasps> with the clippers. Oh, no. Forward, towards so my forehead. he went against the grain. Against the grain. Oh. What the hell? Even like, I know I that. Like, I knew this, the first stroke <laughs> that this was going to be a disaster. And I'm sitting there just crushed. And yet, <laughs> oh. I'm not going to say a fucking word to this guy. No. Like, I'm not going to, you know, like, because what am I going to say? He's not, like, going to beat me up if I criticized him or something. I'm not going to be, like, the first white dude sitting in this dude's chair that's going to bitch about his haircut. Like, yeah. you're just not going to do that, you know? Like, so I'm just sitting there. <laughs> There's no mirrors, so I don't see how I look. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but God. I know what's happening, and he just keeps going. And I mean, it's like... You know, like on each side of my hair. And then he, you know, does the sides and I had clumps of hair where there shouldn't be hair. And I mean, like it was like in patches. I know he had to have been like, I fucked up. Like (laughs) this hair is bad. He's like, but this dude already paid me and he's not going to say anything, you know. So I go back to the unit and I walk in there and I think it was my buddy Pratt at the time. He looks at me, he goes, oh, and he's from He's from North Carolina. Everybody down there is from the South. You know what I mean? Like, so they're all North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky. You know, these are like good old boys. You know, like me. So he's like, holy shit, boy. What happened to your hair? (laughs) 
just like devastated you know like yeah even though who gives a crap you know like my nobody cares no you know, it's like, about self-esteem but it's I my own it. self-esteem yeah, just yeah, like i'm it. in southern arkansas in prison i haven't seen my family in a year and a half and now i have a terrible haircut like yeah. it could not get worse <laughs> no i and I get it was it. july oh no so so the hair going is back like to fluffy. no listen <laughs> pratt says we just got to shave your head i'm thinking you're right, we do. Like, there's no coming back from this. Like, <laughs> so I sit down and practice his clippers out and he shaves my head and then he bicks my head. So I am like Mr. Clean Bald. Like, <laughs> oh, no. And I'm thinking, you know, I could get used to this. I'm like, literally, like, I can't stop touching my head. Like, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it was literally the worst, worst summer ever. But no, uh, so it doesn't end there. So, Finally, I just, I'm like, you know what? It's it's all right. Nobody gives a fuck. I don't care either. You know, like at this point, it's going to be a long road if I allow this kind of stuff to start affecting me. So I, you know, I go about my life and everybody's like, hey, make sure you put sunscreen on your head, you know, because if you go outside, you're going to burn your scalp. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like I burn all the time. Like everybody burns once, you know, and then they get tan. <laughs> no, all of the white boys in this place, they would all lay out. In the sun. Like, that was it. A, that was a pastime on Saturday. Like, we would all go lay out in the sun. Oh, my God. I'm outside. I literally have never been in so much pain in my life. I burned <laughs> my... And I thought it was fine. You know, like, I mean, I'd touch it and be like, oh, it's a little tender. But then I went and took a shower, and that was horrible. But then I was like, oh, it'll, <laughs> it, it, the worst is over. No, the worst were all of the blisters. Yeah. Like... Well, I mean, that, that I've part of your... I've never experienced this. part of your skin's never been It's never exposed. seen the sun. It's never. never yeah. When I was a kid, though, my dad buzzed my hair, my head oh. in the garage, which is, I'm sure, where everything started. But, um, <laughs> so... <laughs> maybe that's why I've been so neurotic about my hair my whole life. But uh, we had baseball caps in yeah. prison, too. Oh, okay. They're plain gray. <laughs> you know, they don't have, like, your team on them. People decorate them, but if you put anything too crazy on them, they're going to take it. Everybody pretty much just has a gray baseball cap that they wear in the, you know, to keep the sun out of your face, you know, and stuff like that. So I would wear one of those every single day, all day, every day. Like, I mean, unless I was taking a shower, like that hat was on my fucking head. But <laughs> the cap fused to the to the blisters oh because God. of how horrible. I mean, they're like <laughs> seeping. I, I don't want to be too gross here, but they're like. It's not just like a dry blister. Like, it's like, it's my whole head. It's oh horrible. My God. Then I get designated to go to the camp that I was going to go to. So, all during all this time is going on. And then now I have to travel. <laughs> oh, no. And then that was my la- leaving impression of that prison is literally like a blistered, bald. <laughs> oh. I mean, yeah, I can't even, I'm remembering this. I'm just like, wow, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all by myself. (laughs) And here I am, just fine. (laughs) You are, you are, you're just fine. Life is good. Yeah, that's what I was telling my daughter today after I picked her up from school. Mm -hmm. I said, I have a great life now. I get to be with you every day. I get to be with my family every day. I get to drive places. I get to have a sunroof in my car. You know, like little things like this that are so worthwhile and you appreciate so much more after 
going through different things, you know, mm-hmm. on the other side. And then when you're driving, it's a beautiful 70 degree day. The first time in, in all year that it's even gotten close to that warm. And you're thinking like, oh, all these guys are still dealing with all this shit. You know, yeah. like they're still behind the fence or they're just be getting sentenced and just starting, you know, that, that journey. And it's, it's sobering to think about, you know, like it, it kind of keeps me, I'm not, I'm not perfect by any means, but it does keep me a little bit grounded and it makes me kind of like, okay, well you always got to watch what you do yeah. every day yeah. because it's that easy to go right back. So after you get out of prison, how do you find a barber to live up to that standard? You know, I was actually pretty nervous about this. Um, <laughs> Because in my addiction out there, I didn't really focus on my hair as much as, as, you know, it's a strong drug, like, to get me away from my hair, you know? (laughs) But uh, (laughs) when I got out, I just went to uh, this local uh, chain salon just to try to, like, see if I could meet somebody there. Like, I I didn't go to a barbershop right away, which is surprising. Like, I think it's because there just really aren't very many out where, by where we live, you know, and I was limited in my abilities to get places in the beginning. So I had to go somewhere close and just, I guess, rolled the dice. And I ended up with, in my opinion, the best girl in our town. She goes by Sierra Latrice. She is at the three in one salon in Benson, which is fantastic. She has her own business and she's been doing a great job. Every week, it's exactly the same, which is all I need, you know, and there's never any variation. She doesn't ever like do anything crazy. Like it's always exactly what I wanted. And I think maybe that's part of being institutionalized to a certain degree is just like, (laughs) as long as I can always count on the same thing every week at the same time, like I'm good. (laughs) So (laughs) there was one time she went out of town and she tells me before she goes out of town so we can make other arrangements. Like, like I mean, literally, like, we have a backup plan. Like, this has been well-coordinated. But uh, there was one time she went out of town, and I didn't know who to go to, so I rolled the dice again, and it was a horrible mistake. Oh. My sister's driving me home. I'm still in the halfway house at this point. She's driving me home from the salon, and I'm almost in tears. And I'm thinking, like, well, I'm not in being dramatic, but I'm l- very upset. <laughs> I mean, I've, know, I've, I've cried after a bad haircut yeah. again. And I'm thinking like, this girl didn't care. She didn't even want to be there, you know? And and then I told Sierra all about it when, uh, (laughs) when I saw her next year, she was like, oh yeah, she's the worst one. So at that point is when we made the backup plan because we didn't have, I mean, this was really early, but now we don't need a backup plan because they're just, I'll just wait. (laughs) But she's wow. great. Go see her. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I, I mean, your hair is what sparked my conversation with my grandfather. It always oh. looks great all the time. So thanks for being the inspiration for this uh, this episode. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this episode. <laughs> Produced by Daniel Argabright, music by Elliot Torres and Matt Williams, art by Nick Chalupa at Hikari Studios. Thank you for listening, and just remember, we're all your neighbors. <laughs>